Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Season's greetings, everybody. And thanks for tuning in to this final episode for Season 4 of the Lit Poetry Podcast. We're only two days out from Christmas as I record this podcast, so I thought I'd finish up with a rather classic poem that connects us to this wonderful time of the year full of celebration of new life and hope for the future. After talking about the very disturbing poem The Second Coming last week, we turn this week to T.S. Eliot's very famous poem The Journey of the Magi. I hope you enjoy the poem for this week and the analysis that will follow. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. A cold coming we had of it. Just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end we preferred to travel all night sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information. And so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember. And I would do it again, but set down this, set down this, where we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly, we had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation 
with an alien people clutching their gods, I should be glad of another death. T.S. Eliot is one of the 20th century's foremost literary figures, and he is central to the modernist movement. This poem, in particular, bears many of the hallmarks of modernist literature, a rejection of strict poetic form, an emphasis on subjective personal experience, and a rather unreliable narrator. The journey of the Magi represents a significant shift in Eliot's poetry as well. While preceding poems had fixated on more 20th century subject matter, the measuring of time in Rhapsody on a Windy Night, or the emptiness of 20th century identity in The Hollow Man, this poem was the first to be written after Eliot's conversion to Anglicanism. Accordingly, it explores the question of spiritual growth and rebirth, casting religion not as some kind of easy cure for life's most difficult questions, but as the starting point on a journey into the meaning of those questions. The poem begins with a literary allusion to a 17th century sermon on the story of the Magi by British Bishop Lancelot Andrews. The quotation that Eliot uses at the start of the poem gives the poem a strange sense of time and place, as though it is stretching across thousands of years in an effort to find out what, if anything, is universal in the experience of religious transformation and hardship. The poem is a dramatic monologue. And on a surface level, the speaker in this poem is one of the Magi, known singularly as a Magus, who visits the baby Jesus shortly after his birth. But understanding this speaker fully is a complex matter. First of all, many critics view this poem as one that is deeply personal to Eliot himself. He had recently converted to the Anglican faith, and was irritated by the way that people viewed this change as a kind of resolution, rather than as an ongoing journey. As such, it can be tempting to read this poem as an allegorical discussion of the difficulties Eliot faced in his own spiritual transformation. The Journey of the Magi is a deeply allegorical poem about the pain of spiritual rebirth. It's worth noting, before looking at the poem directly, that it was written after Eliot himself had just experienced a dramatic conversion to the Anglican faith, which informed all of his poetry that came afterwards. Though the poem is directly about one of the Magi, the three wise men who went to visit the baby Jesus at the time of his birth. The poem is more generally about the pains of letting go of one way of life, one faith, and acknowledging the birth of another. There are many variations of the Magi story, but the biblical account tells how the Magi were dispatched by King Herod to scope out whether what they had heard was true, that a new king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, had been born. The Magi are tasked with finding Jesus and confirming his identity. The whole journey depicted in this poem then takes place on the border between two different worlds, pre-Christianity and post-Christianity. And as the poem speaker recollects the arduous journey to Bethlehem, 
He explores his own thoughts and feelings regarding the seismic shift in the world that Jesus' birth represents. The Magi already had a pretty good way of life before they set off. They enjoyed positions of privilege, staying in summer palaces on the slopes, the terraces and the silken girls bringing sherbet. They lived in kingdoms possibly as rulers, though the Bible doesn't actually say this, where they felt at ease. The pilgrimage towards Jesus then is both a literal move away from their old world and a move towards a new spiritual world based on a different faith. Perhaps that's why this journey is so arduous for the speaker. The practical difficulties faced by the Magi in their journey throughout speak to the difficulties of spiritual rebirth, whether on an individual or a societal level. That is, the poem suggests that any great change in life comes with its pitfalls. The pain of the journey, with its long roads, rough sleeping and unfriendly strangers, works like a kind of purification, stripping the Magi of their old identities and preparing them for the new. Indeed, when the Magi do finally track down Jesus, it's hardly a moment of celebration. The speaker frames it in an offhand, almost flippant way. It was, as you say, satisfactory. He knows he has just met the Son of God, and yet there is a distinct atmosphere of deflation and disappointment. Ultimately, this resignation is explained in the final stanza. The speaker asked rhetorically if the Magi had been led all that way and through such hardship for birth or death. He acknowledges that there was a birth, in that they did find the baby Jesus, but death is perhaps the more revealing word here. With the birth of Christianity, the speaker senses the death of the old ways. The customs and the traditions of this world, like magic, astrology and paganism, are no longer valid because he has met the true Son of God, who now represents the only real religion for him in this world. The speaker becomes an imposter in his own world then, which again suggests the pains of spiritual rebirth. Those people he once considered his peers are now alien to him, and his home doesn't feel comfortable anymore. That's why, then, he seems to long for another death, because he is no longer at ease in the world he once knew. Spiritual transformation, then, is presented as a kind of trauma, which, in this case, is unavoidable. One can, of course, here think of Elliot himself, who, in choosing to convert to Christianity in his later life, would have faced a lot of scorn and ridicule from the people who formerly lauded his work in academic circles. His conversion certainly came at a cost and must have been a somewhat reluctant and humbling experience for someone who was used to being applauded, especially for his critique of modernity. So I want to finish the analysis of this week just by talking very briefly about some of the biblical imagery within the poem. In the second stanza, the poem walks a fine line between concrete imagery and symbolism. There seem to be a number of biblical allusions packed into this passage, but none of them are obvious. The running stream could refer to the Christian practice of baptism, which would tie in with the poem's theme about spiritual rebirth. The three trees on the low sky might symbolise the three crosses at Golgotha, the site of Jesus' crucifixion, or they might refer to the Holy Trinity. 
the old white horse, seems to represent the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, in which a rider of a white horse visits the earth during the apocalypse. The vine leaves in line 26 seem to allude to Jesus and his statement that he is the true vine. The pieces of silver could relate to Judas, who gave up Jesus' whereabouts, possibly for monetary rewards. And finally, the empty wineskins might refer to one of Jesus' miracles, turning water into wine. All in all, it's a delicate balance between straightforward narrative and subtle symbolism. Perhaps these are just the sights that the Magi saw during their journey, or perhaps they are omens, predictions of Jesus' life. Remember, the journey takes place before any of the above biblical events happened. Jesus himself is still an infant at this point. So while the Magus himself can't yet recognise these symbols, the reader can draw the link. Accordingly, the allusions in the poem give the reader a heady and disorientating sense of space and time, as though the story is happening in different parallel universes all at once, with elements of the Magi's journey reflecting things that haven't yet taken place in their own timeline. So that's it for another episode and season of the Lit Poetry Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this week's offering, but more importantly, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas full of family, friends, love and laughter. Thanks for all your support throughout 2022. We'll be back in 2023 after a good long break. We hope to see you then. We'll finish by listening one more time to the poem. Until next year, I'll see you later. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end we preferred to travel all night sleeping in snatches with the voices singing in our ears saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow.
Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information. And so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember. And I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Where we led all that way for birth or death. There was a birth, certainly, we had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us. Like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.